placing comfortably. Those words I recited during meditation tonight come from um, the old Taoist Chinese teacher Chuang Tzu, and I'll give you the I'll give you the the, the uh, version of it, which I found. Um, it's a pre-feminist version. I'll give you that one, and then I'll give you the the modern one. But the old version is: the perfect man employs his mind as a mirror. It grasps nothing, it refuses nothing, it receives, but it does not keep. But maybe a modern version would be, um, the awakened person employs their mind as a mirror. It grasps nothing, it refuses nothing, it receives, but does not keep. And I think the reason why I'm bringing up this metaphor of the mirror Metaphors really stick in our mind as um, a reminder of how to practice. And uh, I think a mirror is an excellent metaphor. And uh, in that koan, there's a koan about, it's a famous koan, uh, where the, uh, one of the founding teachers, Hui Ning, writes a poem on the wall um, and says that uh, there's no mirror. The mind is, is there's not a mirror. There's no mirror, so where is the dust to cling? Basically saying the nature of insight is to see into the emptiness of the self, that there's no self there. There's, there's no mirror to be found, in a sense. Um, but that's a point of insight. When it comes to the nature of practice, using this metaphor of the mirror is an excellent metaphor for practice and I would encourage you to to, to keep it in the foremost of your mind um, when you sit down to practice. Doesn't judge, doesn't grasp anything, doesn't refuse anything, doesn't distort anything, receives but does not keep. Excellent words. Now What I'd like to do, to elaborate on this a little bit more, um, I'd like to read just a little bit from uh, the uh, article I had published in an American journal, which is on our website if you're interested in reading the whole thing. Um, But it's using this metaphor of the the mirror to make a few points about the nature of um, authentic mindfulness practice. So it comes under the heading, Authentic Mindfulness is a Confronting Experience. And I'll read it directly for you. Um, Is that mindfulness, like psychotherapy, is an uncovering process. If you practice mindfulness of thoughts and feelings and body sensations in a sustained way, you'll eventually uncover unpleasant truths about yourself and your character. In Zen, practising mindfulness has been likened to holding up a mirror to your own experience of life. It is true, as it is stated in the secular definitions of mindfulness, that a mirror is non-judgmental. But a mirror also does not distort what is there in front of it to fit into an idealised image of oneself. 
If you practice mindful meditation long enough with the intention of self-honesty as well as self-compassion, you will uncover aspects of yourself that are likely to be, for example, resentful, narrow-minded, petty, mean, self-serving, to name just a few. When people in my Zen group tell me about these experiences emerging in personal interviews, I congratulate them on their practice deepening and normalise the experience. Yet in clinical and secular mindfulness, there is often no framework to understand these unpleasant truths that arise. The reactions to these experiences can go in various different ways. Like a romantic relationship, many people give up mindfulness practice after the initial honeymoon period has worn off and the dissatisfied self with all its problems and limitations starts to emerge. Another reaction is to spiral down into toxic shame when we meet these unpleasant aspects of ourselves. This can arise with people who have very harsh religious or family backgrounds or have been the subject of shame-based abuse and neglect. Another reaction is to just keep ignoring these narcissistic and unpleasant aspects of ourselves and pretend they're not really happening. The capacity that human beings have for denial is extremely tenacious. Instead of being able to acknowledge the signs of egocentricity in ourselves, we may just dismiss them as symptoms of being overcritical of ourselves and having low self-esteem. In a Zen group, what is established in the Dharma talks and readings is that it is in the human condition to be egocentric, to be caught in a self-centered dream. And this is the place we start from to acknowledge our flawed humanity. When we are practicing in a context where this is normalized, we can see these unpleasant truths are not just personal, but they affect everyone. I recall the words of my first teacher, Kabori Roshi, Japanese teacher, who said, when you do meditation, you dig up the ground and then all the worms come to the surface. <laughs> Another aspect of mindfulness meditation that can arise, even from daily practice, not just in an intensive retreat, is the experience of nihilism, existential meaninglessness. St John of the Cross referred to this common religious experience as the dark night of the soul, and it has its parallels in Zen training, where monks refer to themselves as being like dead logs. Um, that koan, Seize uh, alone and destitute, um, refers to this experience. Even half an hour of mindful meditation can make us acutely aware that everything is passing away and there is nothing we can hold on to. Beliefs, thoughts and philosophical views that we've invested in for many years do not seem quite as real and solid as they used to. Questions such as, who am I, start to emerge. Sometimes we feel like we've lost our bearings. Ultimately, Zen practitioners learn to embrace 
and enjoy this emerging sense of emptiness. But at first, it may be disconcerting. This is where it is important that mindful meditators can be part of a community, a teacher and or a group that understands these issues from their own experience and who can share them compassionately with those who are less experienced to guide them through the territory. I'm emphasising the dark side of meditation here and not the bright, because it is the dark side that is not spoken of enough. However, to give voice to the bright side of meditation, it is indeed joyful and satisfying to bring the light of awareness to the whole of our experience. But from a Zen perspective, it is not just aware of ourselves, it is being aware of the largeness of life. In summary, mindfulness in meditation and everyday life requires both self-compassion and self-honesty, not one or the other. It is a journey of courage and sincerity as well as of kindness. The supportive, non-judgmental and self-compassion aspects have been emphasised in secular mindfulness because positive marketing works. The challenging self-honesty aspects have been ignored because they do not sell well in a marketplace that panders to narcissism.